You're listening to About My Father's Business, presented by Iron Wifey. Without further ado, here's your host, the Iron Wifey herself, Michaela. All right, so thank you guys for joining us on About My Father's Business, a podcast dedicated to men and women who are carrying out the father's business in our lives. Now, today I have a special guest, guest Pastor E.C. Weston. What's good? I'm doing well. How are you? I am so good. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, When I heard your interview with Anthony O'Neill, I was like, okay, look, this is the guy. He needs to be here. He needs to be here for sure. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure. Now, you know this, and they know this, but you are the first man on the show. I'm number one. Come on here. Number Let me me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Won't he do it? Oh, he said he would. Come Come on. on. Won't he do it? (laughs) Yeah. No pressure. But you will need to make sure that you set the guidelines for any man that's to come. I'm going to set the bar like super high. I don't know. I don't know if I will, but I'll try. How about that? All right. It's worth a try. Anything. Yeah, it's worth a try. Yeah, I'm going to try. So, Pastor Weston, we're going to jump right in to about the father's business. So my number one question, what does it mean to be about your father's business? Um, when I think about being about my father's business, of course, we think of scripture, obviously, uh, where Jesus said, I came to do the will of my father. Um, I often think about being about my father's business is, is understanding direction, guidance, commandments, purpose more than anything. Like we were sent here for a purpose. I don't care who you are. I don't care how big, how small, what color. It does not matter if you are here and you woke up this morning there is a purpose on your life. And when, when it comes to being about our father's business, it's about fulfilling the purpose in which we've been sent here. Uh, and so anytime that we're, we're, we're wasting time or not, you know, um, spending time doing what we were sent here for, we're, we're not about our father's business. At, le- at least that's what I believe. I can completely agree with you on you that. that. Amen. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when it comes to your father's business, I've done a little digging. Uh-oh. But <laughs> you started out in music. And, I did. Mm-hmm. I signed a, a pastor. So what, how, how did you go from music okay, okay. to pastor? Well, well, it didn't kind of, I know that sounds very linear. Like it's literally a, it didn't work like that. It wasn't a, a straight line. So let's say, let's say it started out in music. I come from a music background. Okay. My mom sung. Uh, and she was in a group that traveled the country at a, at a young age. I was, was the tag alone kid, you know, as they went and sung. And so I've always been around music. And then of course, in high school played in the band, you know, the normal stuff that high schoolers do. Of course. Um, and, and didn't notice I had a voice, even though my mom sung, didn't know that I had a voice until I got about in the ninth grade, I think 10th grade, somewhere in that neighborhood and, uh, and had an ear for music. It's one thing to go to school and play music, but it's another thing to truly have an ear for it. And, um, and I discovered that I did. And so I began to sing with a group of guys, signed a major recording deal my senior year in high school and traveled the country singing uh, with five other guys. Well, and, excuse me. 
Yeah, yeah. That was a good thing and a bad thing. Let me tell you why. Okay. I dropped out of college for that. Okay. And, uh, well, as we know, that didn't quite work out because you don't know me from singing. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. it was not necessarily the best decision. Uh, but when you're young, you know, you're thinking you're going to be a star and, you know, whole nine yards. And so, um, but, but the entire time that I did music between singing and rapping, I also used to rap. Um, between, between singing and, and, and rapping, um, I've always had a heart for young people. And when I say young people, I was a young person at the time. So it's really not like kids at that time, but just, you know, I'm, I'm a person who really loves friendships and relationships. And, you know, my, my, my friends were important to me and I lost a lot of friends to violence, to the streets, to jail, to, you know, being killed. And I always wanted to, you know, make a difference. Even as a young person, I've always wanted to make a difference. And I thought that music would give me an opportunity to have a platform, to have a voice, so on and so forth. Um, and then when music didn't work out um, and rapping, uh, you know, I never really pursued rapping or pursued singing, but never really heavily pursued rapping. But when it did not work out, the passion for young people never left. Okay. The desire to do music kind of faded, but there was still this yearning, and I didn't know it was God, but back then it was still this yearning just to see young people make better decisions um, versus what, my, what I saw my friends, the people that I lost uh, do. So that is where it started. I became a youth pastor first. I didn't go from music okay. to pastoring. I actually was a youth pastor. So anything that you've seen me doing musically um, out on the web that was as a youth pastor, believe it or not, at the time. Uh, and so that passion grew out of that, I think. And then God began to show me that that desire for young people didn't just stay with young people. It was for people in, in general. That's youth. That's adults. That's men, women, <laughs> girls, boys. Yep. And that desire was not just to see them do good in life, but to see them uh, do good in the life that is to come uh, as well. So that's where it came from. I you can tell I'm it. a preacher. I can talk like forever. I mean, but everything that comes out of your mouth is just anointed. So we could just oh, listen come to on. Like oh, don't do me like that. <laughs> no, I love it. So with music, I want to back up yeah. just a little bit. Okay, maybe sure. just a little bit more. When sure. were you first introduced to Jesus Christ? Um, I grew, I grew up in a church, but growing up in a church is not being introduced to Jesus Christ. That's a whole other podcast we could have right there. Agreed. Um, but I grew up in the church. It wasn't until I turned 13, 14 years old that I really, there was something in me that wanted to know. I saw my mom crying in church. I saw my mom praising God. I saw people, I sung in the choir. I did, I went to Sunday school. I did all of the stuff the kids do, but I never really knew God. Uh, I was a member of a church back then. Whenever you wanted to accept Christ, you joined a church. That was accepting Christ. You walk down the aisle, you become a member of the church. Well, that means you accepted Christ. And so I thought I accepted Christ because I joined this church. However, I didn't know him. And about 13 years old, uh, I really wanted to, I wanted to know rather he was real. And I never forget, man, in my room, just reading the Bible like crazy. Just, I prayed and asked God, if you're real, I need you to show me because, you know, I see mom crying. I see mom praising. I see grandma. I see all of these family members doing it, but I don't really know you. And that's, that's what started the journey. I didn't accept him at 13. 
but I started looking for him for real at 13. Um, and then by the time I turned 15, I knew him for myself, like literally knew him. I used to play basketball and I would leave the basketball court in the middle of a game. I was a pretty good basketball player. In the middle of the game, I hear God's voice say, come spend time with me. Literally while I was playing basketball and I would leave the game, guys would be mad like, hey, man, I got to go. And I just put it on. It's time for me to leave. I got to get home. But I, 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 once I knew him for myself and he revealed himself to me, he was everything to me, man. And so um, 13, 14 years old is where that journey really started. 15 is when I accepted him, but 13, 14 is where it really, really started. Amen. Now, yeah. it's so interesting because Jesus was 12 when he, you know, told us that he was going to be about the father's business. And so of course, at that age, he had blessed you with that encounter to where you could grow into this man or boy who was learning to be about the father's business. That's good. That's good. That's exactly right. And you tied that in really well, by the way, to the the podcast name, the title of the podcast. That was pretty good. (laughs) Thank you. But I, I noticed that with you being 13, to 15 to where you truly learned or truly knew who God was to the point where you were following him wholeheartedly and obediently to, uh, you know, kind of going into music and kind of not pursuing that per se, but going into young adult ministry. I am curious when you discovered your gifts and when you figured out what exactly your business is. Um, I don't know what age that was. That was a process. Um, it just didn't happen. Like I can't, you know, I can't say that it was like, okay, I know now. Um, it was a process. Uh, I do know when he called me into preaching. I do know okay. that because there, there's a definitive date in which I accepted that call. But as far as going into, just put it like this, I was being used by God without ever accepting the position or the call, if that makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Um, I was I was doing the work, but not accepting or hearing his voice on accepting the call. I was just moving out of the passion that I had for people. And so rather I ever had the title, I didn't even think about title. I never thought about passion, never thought about any of those things. I never thought about preaching, being a preacher, quote unquote preacher. But I was doing the work. Mm-hmm. So much so that when I went to my pastor and told him that I believed that the Lord is calling me into the ministry, he said to me, his exact words was, I was wondering how long you were going to take and how long you were going to keep bootleg. This was his words. How long you were going to keep bootlegging the gospel? (laughs) (laughs) He said I was bootlegging the gospel because I was Mm -hmm. doing the work. But just and I wasn't running. You know how people say that they ran from the call. I wasn't running from the call. I just didn't have it, or at least I wasn't open to hearing it. I was just moving out of the passion that I had to see people know him. You know, once you experience him, you want other people to experience him. Amen. And uh, and that's what I was, was, was moving out of. And so I don't think it was a specific date. I think it was more so a process um, of just ups and downs and, you know, just seeing him be faithful in my life and sharing that. I was holding Bible studies in my home with, you know, 30, 40 people, I mean, way back before I even became licensed to become a preacher. Like I was just doing, it was just a passion that I had, a gifting that I had, using that gift of teaching, 
people were gravitating to it. And I didn't, I didn't think of, you know, starting anything. It was just, I want you to know this stuff that I know, <laughs> you know, and I want you to know this person that I know, you know? I love it. Now, yeah. I did notice in some of your past stuff, um, being a young adult preacher, that you were actually combine music and preaching and the word and spoken word and some acting, a little bit of theater work in there. You've been doing a lot of homework. Wait a minute, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I just think it's so interesting how you use all of these different avenues and all these gifts that you have already been exercising to put together a word for these young people in a way that they can understand. What kind of led you to, you know, combine all these talents? The, the, the people, the young people. I mean, think about it. Young people are so creative. And, and in order for you to have a voice or, or in order for you to have their ear, you have to speak their language. And, and, you know, not all young people's into rap music. Not all young people's into spoken word. Not all young people are into, you know, uh, dancing or hip hop or crumping or... And so I just, I'm just one that have always, even to this day, even to this day, I'm, I mean, we just had a Bible study the other night called At The Movies. And mm. we did it online and we literally played movies and then broke down the movies scripturally. That was okay. Bible study. And so I've always been a, a person who believed that God can take any tool, any resource, any medium, and if you give it to him, he'll use it for his glory you just got to avail yourself to be creative and allow him to use you as a vessel. I'm not the best anything. I'm just one who's willing to be used in any area. I can't dance, but put the right music on. And if it's an opportunity to win somebody to the kingdom, I will dance better than anybody you've ever seen dance before. That's what I believe that God does. He'll take, you know, it's not our ability. It's what I always tell people. It's our availability. If you just avail yourself to him, things that you can't do, you'll be able to do. In areas that you don't think you have the gift, you'll find out that he can use you for the gift. I believe we don't own gifts. Ooh. I believe that we're used okay. in areas. I don't believe we own them. The Bible says that the spirit gives the gifts severally as he wills, which simply means he can give you the ability to be used in any capacity that you avail yourself to be used. Amen. So, which means we don't own it. Does that make sense? That makes sense. It's not our ability. It's our availability. It's our availability. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to, you don't have to be gifted in a particular area. What a person needs, God can meet the need through you. If you avail yourself, you don't have to have to have that specific gift. That's a limitation on, on you, not God. God can use you in any area, in any way, if you make yourself available. Do you believe that we lose our gifts if we don't exercise them? Then that would mean you own the gift. Oh, okay. Well, okay. I, don't believe we, I don't believe we own them. I believe we can be used in those areas that we make ourselves available. I know that we you know that scripture says he gives gifts to men, right? He gave gifts to yeah. men. But, but those gifts that he gave are not for us to own. If, if we think about this, if we own gifts, we prostitute them. If we own gifts, we make money off of them. Yep. Right? Um, so what he does is he gives us talents and abilities, and then he uses us as he sees fit. Now, can we not be used at times because we didn't avail ourselves? Yeah. That's what you're asking. Can we lose the yep. ability to okay. be available? Yes. You know, I do believe that. 
how does someone discover their gifts? Or how does someone come into a gift that they don't necessarily own, but they realize God had given them that gift? Sure. First thing I always tell people, there's a difference between gifting and calling, right? Okay. Um, Calling is purpose. Gifting is talent and ability for someone else, not you. Um, We think gifting is for us because we use scriptures like your gift to make room for you. So Mm -hmm. we think that that means the gift is for us to profit from. The gift is for the person who needs the gift. So if I have the gift of healing, notice that people who have the gifts can't use the gifts for themselves Mm. (laughs) because it's not theirs. If I had the ability to, if I had the gift of healing or I could be used in the area of healing, notice I don't have the ability to heal myself. If not, if I could, I would never get sick. But I am able at times to use the gift for somebody who needs a healing because the gift is meant to be given. Yes? Yes. Right. So when God gives us a gift, it is designed for you to give it. Not for you to keep it, but for you to give it. Because in your giving your gift makes the room for you to then come into your purpose or your calling. So what happens is I think oftentimes people have a struggle with finding out what their gifting is because they think their gift is their purpose. Two different things. Your gift is your talent and ability to use or to give or to display that will draw someone closer to the kingdom. I don't, I don't sing as a calling. I sing as a gift. And what I mean, let me say what I mean by that. When I sing, people get something out of it. I don't. Okay. Let me, let me, let me, let let me be clear. Whenever I'm singing, I'm not saying that I'm not moved by because my heart is towards God in the singing of the song. I'm not talking about that. But what I am saying is there's no fulfillment that comes from me hearing myself sing. None. Okay. That's a gifting, a calling. My calling is to teach God's word, preach God's word, do what we're doing right now. Rather, anybody ever gets anything out of it, I do. Okay. So the call how do I know it's a calling? Because it's, it, it fulfills me. And I'll do it rather I get any money, rather I become successful. Because it fulfills me, it is a, call, it is a purpose. Gifting, however, people say, man, you move, man, that song blessed me. I say, man, well, God be praised. That's a gift. It was for the person, <laughs> not okay. for me. And God gives you plenty of those that you make yourself available. He'll give you plenty of those if you're available to be used in those areas because he knows what each person's, each person needs, right? So when okay. a person needs a, a word of wisdom, if you make yourself available, God can give you a word of wisdom to give them. That don't mean that you, you have that as a calling. It is a gift that you can use to be a blessing to whoever the person is that needs it. Does that make sense? It makes sense. Now, yeah. we're going to take a step back because you got my mind spinning now. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Didn't mean to do that. So, so let's, let's analyze Iron sure. Wifey, right? Yep. Michaela. Yep. My gift, based on what you just said, would be the ability to speak, mm-hmm. to sing, because I love to sing, mm-hmm. to write. Mm-hmm. My calling would be that's where I'm a, I'm a little stuck there because it's like okay well wait if I'm speaking I thought speaking was my calling so I'm using this gift to bring 
this interview into, into being because I love to talk about the kingdom of God. I love to spread God's word. I love to share it. So what yeah. would be the calling? So, so let me ask you, do you, do you, when you, when you sing, is there a fulfillment in you when you sing? I love to sing. Like loving to sing and fulfillment is two different things, right? Okay. You may get an enjoyment from singing, which okay. is loving to sing, but does it satisfy a void in your life? In other words, when you think about why am I here? Is singing coming up? No. Okay. So that's probably not calling. That's no. probably gifting. Does that make okay. sense? That makes sense. When you're talking or speaking or, or sharing God's word, does that fulfill a void or a sense of purpose within you? Do you feel like, God, I thank you, or God, you used me? Yes. So that's probably closer to calling. That don't mean that that's what it is, but it's probably closer to calling because okay. calling fulfills something within you. Whenever you're not doing purpose, there's a void. We're talking about my father's business. When yep. you're not doing your father's business, which is your purpose for being here, there's an emptiness. You can do everything. It can bring satisfaction. It can bring happiness, but there's no true joy or peace because you feel like I'm doing this, but there's something else <laughs> I should yep. be doing. Does that make sense? Now, oh, now, you know it makes sense. <laughs> come on. So, so, so when you're operating in what you were purposed to do, it fulfills you. And you'll do that at all costs. They can take everything from you. You don't have the tools. You don't have the reason. You will figure out a way to get it done mm -hmm. because it's, it's, it's your purpose. It's your call. So when a person's trying to figure out, well, is this my gift? We're gifted in so many things. You're gifted in doing the magazine. Like all of this stuff that you do is a gift. Give it. Keep okay. giving. Somebody needs it. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But the call is the thing that rather anybody ever says, Michaela, you are awesome. Michaela, I love this. Rather they ever do any of that, it completes you because you feel like I have done what it is that I have put here to do. That's call. Amen. Now, is your business your calling or your gift? Or is it when your gifts meet your calling? It, it, it depends on the individual. I mean, if you're, if you're walking in purpose, it could be your business. You could, there's people who do, like I do my call. That's what I do. Now, it, it takes on different forms. Like right now, you saw how easy it was to get me? Why? Mm -hmm. Because it gives me an opportunity to operate in my call. I'm talking about God. That's what I'm put here to do, to be a mouthpiece, a voice for the kingdom of God. Whatever the platform is, doesn't matter. I don't have to have a certain amount of followers or viewers in order to do it. Somebody who does that, that's their gift. That's not their call. Okay. Call happens rather you pay me or not. Call happens rather anybody sees it or not. Does that make sense? It makes sense. I'll get out on the street corner with a bullhorn and, and by myself with nobody coming by because that's what the call does. It calls you to, to fulfill a purpose and it doesn't matter about the outcome. So for a person who's involved in business doing their call, and that could be possible, but what I think sometimes people do is they miscue that they, they kind of mess up the verse. And this is the verse that I just quoted earlier. I think most people mess up, Michaela, as they say, well, my gift is going to make room for me. Well, what does the gift make room for? It, it makes room for you to have an opportunity to exercise your calling. 
Mm. That's all the gift does. God gives you the talent and the ability to give people what they need. Let me ask you a question. If I, if I do this interview for you, will you do an interview for me? I will. He that but have not a because friend. you asked me, but because. No, no, not just that, but, but what people do when you do for someone, they feel an obligation to do for you. That's just natural. Okay. A friend, if you're going to have a friend, you must show, first show yourself friendly. Why? Because when you give, that's why, it's, that's why it's more blessed to give. People don't think, people think money. But it's more blessed to give than it is to receive because when you give, you open up the door and open up room to receive. So watch this. When you give your gift, what did you just do? Meet somebody else's need. Your gift is designed to be a blessing to someone else. What do they do? Open up doors for you. Now you okay. get a seat at the table that you would not have been able to get a seat at. That's what the Bible says. Your gifts bring you before kings, bring you before uh, uh, people in high places. What is that to do? So that now you can operate in call. The whole purpose in which you've been given the opportunity. <laughs> so, uh, yes, you can do your business as a call, but most people really are operating in their gift and think that because it's paying them some money or they're getting, you know, it's starting to be successful that that's their call it has nothing to do with it. Uh, gift gifting does open up doors, but it's designed for you to walk through those doors with your purpose. Drops the mic. No, 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 definitely. Not. Yep. I can, <laughs> I can walk away now. Like I don't, I don't need to be here. You can just Whatever. continue. I'm going to just go. <laughs> <laughs> okay hopefully hopefully the people are getting some out of it well if not i definitely got some out of it so thank you for using your gifts yes, to open up doors for me yes ma'am all right now about the father's business yep what are you doing to carry out the father's business in your life so that that comes in a lot of forms right so my calling again is to propagate the word of God, right? Propagate okay. uh, the kingdom on earth, right? And so that comes in a lot of forms. It comes in the form of being a father and, and properly raising my kids and the things of God and the kingdom it comes in being a husband and making sure that my wife and I are aligned with that same thing that we profess. Uh, it Amen. comes in being a pastor with the, with the congregation that I lead. It comes you know what I mean? In, in my everyday walk with how I walk outside of these four walls of this house and present myself. And so, you know, being about my father's business is uh, on a daily basis, making sure that I'm in tune with what he would have me to do and how he would have me to do it. And then doing those things exactly how he would have me to do them on a daily basis. And then, of course, when you deviate, you do your own thing. He lets you know and you get back in line and get back on the street <laughs> call straight, you know, um, mm -hmm. But that's what it means to me. That's what it means for, you know, to be about. And that's what I do. You know, it's, it's nobody's perfect. And I always like to, uh, you know, I don't want people to hear this and think that this is somebody who has it all together. I don't. Far from it. Um, but what I love about God is that it, it, we don't, the way he sees us is not how we see him. Mm. God totally different than the way God sees us. We see God from a boundary perspective a rule and regulation perspective. There's a verse in the Bible that says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. We see God from the commandment portion of that verse only. We see God only from the keeping the commandment. We miss the love part. Mm -hmm. 
And the love part is how God sees us, not the commandment part, the love part. When I look at my children, my children see me as a father who loves them, but they hear my rules more than they hear my love. That's because they are, they are children. But when they grow up, and this is what happens with us when we grow up in the things of God, that begins to reverse. They start to see that all of the rules was love. <laughs> Once they get a little older, come on, you're old enough now to look back and say, mm-hmm. I'm thankful. <laughs> come mm-hmm. on. For all the rules and all of the toughness. But, but when, you're, when you're younger, all you can see is the commandment. You can't see the love because you're not old enough or mature enough to understand. And so once you get to a certain age, you begin to see God from the love perspective more so than the commandment perspective. Uh, and then, then, your, then your desire is even greater to keep the commandment because you love him just as much. And you try to show him you love him just as much by keeping the commandment. So, I love it. And I think what helped me even younger was the scripture that says God disciplines those whom he loves. So even though the discipline was a little hard, it was out of love. Come on. Come on. So, you know, when it, your parents whoop you and then they come back and give you a hug. Like, come on. If, 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 if there is no discipline, that is not love. That, that's a sign that there is no love when there, are not, when there are no boundaries. When you have a newborn baby or you buy a puppy or whatever, you begin to childproof the house, begin to set boundaries. Uh, you begin to put things on the end of the furniture that will make sure that the ends of the furniture isn't sharp. You begin to do all type of things to make sure that there are things in place to keep the child safe or to keep the puppy safe. Um, and from the child perspective, it's no, no. It's from the child perspective. You understand it's, yep. you know, but from the parent perspective, it's all done in love. And one day the child understands. So. Okay. Yeah. Now I kind of want to shift gears in an interview sure. with Anthony O'Neill, you spoke on minding your business. And it was done so in a way that I can't even vocalize, which is why I had to get you on the show, just so you could tell the people what it means to mind your business. What exactly is minding your business? What is that? So that's, this, is, uh, this is funny because the mind your business stuff is taking off so greatly. Like everybody's calling about the mind your business. Um, so, so mind your business comes from, a spoken word piece that I did back in 2012, I want to say. But that piece comes from, as a child, um, the wisdom that I have comes from God, but also comes from God allowing me to be around adults a whole lot as a child. I was around people that were older, and many times whenever you're a child in, in, in adult conversations back in those days, parents would tell you, Hey, you know, don't you say nothing, you know, mind your business or shut your mouth or be, you know, be quiet or whatever. And today they tell you, touch your nose or, you know, stay in your place or whatever. And so it's totally different today than it was back when I was coming up, you know, you got stuff like, shut up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Don't make me pop you in your mouth. (laughs) Are you, are you uh, but, meddling in grown folks' business? Yeah, uh-huh. be quiet when grown folks are talking, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my mom would often say, mind your business. And that was like the first, that was like a warning shot. Okay, mind your business meant shut up. 
Don't, okay, don't say nothing else now. You button in or you should not be talking. And so I knew what that meant, but I heard it so often because as a young person hanging out with older people, you're by yourself. Like, I, I wanted to talk. I just want to sit there and listen to y'all. So somebody would say something that I thought was interesting or I had a question about. Many times I would try to chime in and sometimes she'd let me and other times she wouldn't. So I end up hearing mind your business a whole lot because I didn't know when the time she was going to let me in when she wasn't. <laughs> so <laughs> just chime in often. Uh, so she would tell me, mind your business. And then as I got older, uh, whenever I would get into trouble or get into things that I shouldn't have gotten into, that would replay in my mind. I would hear that, hear her voice saying, mind your business. And I would relate it to the mere fact that I should have stayed in my lane. I should have just did what I was doing and not paid attention to what was going on or been involved with whatever was going on. Uh, and then over time, I began to realize I heard that so much. I began to break that phrase down. Really, when you break the phrase down, it says, mind your business. And, and God began to show me that your mind is a business and it's, it's yours. You own a company. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur, entrepreneur minded person. I haven't always been an entrepreneur, but I've, I've always had that mindset. And the reason I have is my uncle at a young age, again, hanging out with grown people as they're talking. Uh, my uncle told me, and I never forget this. He told me, he said, son, when you get of age, don't think about who you can work for. I think they were having a conversation about jobs or whatever, but he said, don't think about who you can work for. I want you to think about who can work for you. Mm. And that stuck with me. Well, I began to realize that your mind is a business. And when I say a business, I mean like any company out here that you see, your mind is just as powerful or the same as any company that you see out here in the marketplace. Businesses are started mentally every one of them. And we have this saying in, in, in philanthropy, we have this saying in when money flows to ideas in an investment world, money flows to ideas. And I'm going to give you something that I didn't give Anthony. So this is going to be even better. Now watch this. <laughs> once you, once you've, once you've moved around people with money, like real money, not, you know, a hundred thousand or mm -hmm. a million or two, like hedge fund money, big money. Mm -hmm. Once you've moved around people who have money, you begin to realize that people with money don't have ideas. I pause because I want you to let that, I want, to, I want your viewers to, I want that to sink in. Okay. People with ideas lack don't resources. Come on. So we have this saying in the investment world that money flows to ideas. The reason it does is because the people who have the money don't have the ideas. The people who have the ideas don't have the money. <laughs> Where are ideas created? In the mind. In the mind. So you don't need money. This is why people don't start businesses. They think they need money. You don't need money. You need ideas. You need mindset. You need mentality. You need thought process. I'm on a show right now, not because you created it. I'm on a show right now because it started up here. Mm -hmm. This is the reality of what started. Come on. Yep. In the mind. You may or may not have had all the resources. And even if you did or didn't, it didn't matter because if did. you have, come on, you don't have to have them. And this is why people 
why people die full of ideas and thoughts and creative things that never come to pass because they think they need the resources. You don't need the resources. You need the ideas. The resources will come to the ideas. Now, business is just the process of solving problems. And this is what people don't understand. Businesses are in business to solve a problem. That's what value is. Value is where there is a need and a solution. You bring those together, that's value. And so what people don't get is that business is just, McDonald's, and I said this on Anthony's show, McDonald's is in business because two problems. One, either people don't want to cook, or two, people don't know how to cook. Uh-huh. One of the two. Uh-huh. So they meet a need. They solve a problem. You want your food fast? You don't want to wait for it? Here's a solution. Does that make mm-hmm. sense? It does. So because business is just the process of solving problems, guess where problems are solved? In the mind, mm-hmm. ideas flow to, I mean, money flows to ideas, which is in the mind. All of business is just a conglomeration of thoughts. As you were speaking, Something hit me. Uh oh. Because See, I love causing thought. That's what I that's what I love to do. Yeah. You did. Something hit me because you said that business is the process of solving Problems. a problem. Yeah. And so when I think about being about my father's business and I break down mm. about my father's business, my father is the solution to my to problem. all of life's problems. To all of my problems. All of life's problems. When, do you know the first thing you learn about God is not his characteristics of being a father or being loving or being uh, anything. The first thing you learn about God is that he's a problem solver. He creates in chaos. Mm-hmm. The world, the earth was, out, was out, without form. That's a problem. Void, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. Darkness, cover that. Those are all problems. He provided solutions to every problem. So the first thing we, we get from God is the ability to create in problems. While people are going crazy and the world is going crazy right now, somebody's being creative. Yep. While the world is going through all of these problems and people are focused on the problems, somebody's being creative in the midst of it all, and they'll be successful all because while everybody's going crazy, they're thinking of solutions to problems. And they'll start a business based on that. Now, how do you, with everything going on in the world from Kobe to Corona to now the racial tension that's going on, you know, in cities across the country, how do you mind your business in the midst of your mind being clouded? Well, well, first off, the reason that you can't mind your business if your mind is clouded is because your mind is clouded. Um, you have to cut off everything that's clouding your mind. You know, the reason why so many people are, are really, you know, hopeless in these hours, in this moment, in this season, fearful in this moment, this hour, this season is because they've allowed so much to enter into their mind by watching 
the television or listening to the, the media or the news or looking at what they see on the internet. Those things cause the fear. You, you're pulling on me now. I'm just going to be honest with you. Now you're pulling mm -hmm. on me. Here's what we have to understand. God created everything with words. Mm -hmm. You don't see words, you hear them. What you have to learn to do, we have to learn to do, is to, to, to take what God is saying and, and listen to that more than what we're seeing. Whenever you give credibility and, and reality to what you see, it will fight what God has said. That's all the devil did in the beginning. He didn't, he didn't cause Eve's eye, Eve's eyes to open by showing her anything. He caused Eve's eyes to open by talking to her. Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. The Bible says that when she saw the tree was good for food, she took, she ate. Well, well how did she see it was good for food before she ate it? What she was listening to. Mm -hmm. so, so your ears affect your eyes. You're pulling on me, I promise you. Your ears affect your eyes. And if you are not careful about what you see, your eyes will affect your ears. People who pay attention to what they see on the television, they can't hear what God is. They have no sense of what God is saying because all they can go by is what they see. When Peter got out of the boat, God told him, Jesus told him, come. That was words. He couldn't even see it was Jesus. Jesus had to tell him, it's me. They thought it was a ghost. Mm -hmm. Come on. So it wasn't what he saw. It was the words that gave him the courage. It was the words that gave him the comfort for him to get out of the boat. But he got out of the boat, forgot what, was, what he heard because he paid too much attention to what he saw. And because of what he saw, fought what he heard, he began to sink. And the same thing happens with us. Whenever our mind is clouded, it's because we've been watching the wrong thing or listening to the wrong thing. So you have to silence the noise. That means shut everything down. Um, I'm not fearful in this season at all. I'm not. God is so much in control. If God is not in control, he ain't God. Hmm. If, if, if COVID-19 is something God found, about, found out about when we found out about it, that ain't God. That means if he knew about it before it happened, he allowed it to happen. He is in complete control even while it's happening. Amen. So I can't afford to give credibility to what I see. I have to keep my ears open to hear what God is saying so that my mind, uh, this business that is called my mind, can have clarity. And so that's what people have to do. They got to silence the noise. They got to shut everything down. We spend so much time, Michaela, with TV and media and stimuli uh, we're talking about stimulus. Yeah. Stimuli. What is stimuli? Stimuli is the TV. It's the media. Mm -hmm. It's your phone. It's all of this stimulation that is giving us fear that we don't, have, we don't have an ear to hear what God is saying. And so we have to shut all that down so we can get a clear mind. Then we, once we got clarity, we can move forward and we can come up with all creative thoughts and creative ideas and create great business in the midst of all of this calam uh, you know, calamity that's going on. But that's just faith. Everything faith you is, said is faith. It's faith, right? So the substance of things hoped Unseen. for, mm -hmm. the evidence of things not seen, right? So in, at its rawest form, 
And the only reason I'm saying this is because I don't want to miss, I don't want the, 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 the readers. We've taught faith wrong for so long. We think faith is unseen. That's not what that verse says. It says okay. faith, it's seen. It is seen. What is it? It's the evidence. Evidence means seen, right? It's substance. Can you see substance? Yeah, that's what substance is seen. <laughs> faith, what's not seen is hope. Okay. Faith is the substance of what, faith is what's seen for hope. Hope is unseen. The Bible says if a man hoped for a thing that he can see, why would he hope for it? Hope is unseen. Faith is what allows us to see the unseen. Does that make sense? Okay. Mm-hmm. When, 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 here, give you another verse. Uh, um, James said, listen, show me your works without your faith. I'll show you, or show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith, because it's seen by my works. You can see faith. You can't see hope, but you can see faith. Faith is the substance seen, the evidence seen, right? So, uh, yes, I agree with you. It is faith. Everything that we just said is faith, but keep in mind that we can see. We can see faith. We just can't see the hope. Okay, which just kind of confirms the faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So Eyesight comes out, by. Come on, you are now. You now you own it. Come on, faith come by here. The more you hear, the more your eyes will allow you to truly see. Right, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You can't hear God's word uh, and not begin to see what God is saying. You ever heard somebody say, "You do you see what I'm saying? What yep. are they saying? And you can you see what I've been, what you've been hearing? That's all mm-hmm. they're saying. Mm-hmm. You pulling on me today." Pastor Watson. You're pulling on me today. Pastor Watson. <laughs> you had to give it to us. You had to. I don't even know where to go from here. I, you see, I sent you all these questions because I'm like, hey, we're going to touch on these questions. And I don't think I asked but one question. You know what I didn't do? I didn't read the question because I wanted to be organic. Ooh, so I didn't even read all the questions. I didn't, the I didn't read all the questions. I just wanted to be organic. That we, you said we were going to have some fun. We are going to have conversation. and let the Lord lead the way. And so that's all I wanted to do. I didn't even pay attention that you sent the questions. So, Praise the Lord. <laughs> Perfect. Um, now, our hour is almost up. However, whoa, there's a couple of things that we need to touch on before. So, okay. Lit TV. Oh. What is Lit TV? So, man, this is the new endeavor. This, matter of fact, Lit, is, Lit TV is a product of the creative mind in the midst of problems like this is new this is something that we've done while all this is going on god gave it to me and so we just launched even with all that be going on i don't have a podcast or vodcast background i'm just one that when god said go i'm gonna go we'll see where mm-hmm. it lands and so we started lit lit stands for loving learning and leveraging information together because mm-hmm. what we don't know can take us back to the Stone Ages. I believe that the biggest thing that's fighting any of us, that's my culture, that's my people, that's this life and this lifetime, uh, is information. What we don't know kills us. Mm-hmm. What we don't know costs us, right? And so information is so vital. And when the Bible says my people perish because of a lack of uh, vision, or without the vision, people perish, or because of a lack of knowledge, right? It's information, right? It's what we know. And so we have to, we have to become informed. And I think that's what lit is. And we talk about a little bit of everything. We talk about finances. We talk about business. We talk about fitness. We talk about relationships. We talk about um, 
life hacks, you know, a little bit of everything. And we get people from all over the country. Tomorrow's we got a new show tomorrow night. It comes on Thursday at 7 p.m. every Thursday, okay. live on Facebook and YouTube. And uh, tomorrow night we'll have Harold, Harold Lefty Williams out of California. He's actually out there with you guys. Yeah, he's going to be on the show talking about a delay is not a denial. And mm-hmm. uh, just his whole life story about how God is just, I mean, it's just a phenomenal story. It's going to be good. And so we'll be on live. And it's live. We'll be on live with him tomorrow night. And then we're going to get Michaela on the show, too. Yay! Ooh. All right, y'all. Y'all heard it here. <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you definitely tune in Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard. So, 7 p.m. Okay. Yeah, so that's like 4 o'clock your time. Yep. Um, yep. Four o'clock your time, and that's live on Facebook and YouTube. I'm I'm working out the Instagram situation. I'm really new to Instagram. Everything that I've done has been on Facebook, but everybody's telling me I gotta do Instagram. So I've been you trying to work on. Instagram. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, and so I've been working on trying to focus on Instagram more. Um, but everything you can find me at E C Weston E dash C Weston. That's Instagram. That's Facebook. That's YouTube. Uh, but the show won't be on Instagram because I can you even do Instagram shows like you can do IGTV. So you would basically have to once you record the show, once it's live, well, it's live, it's, long, it's live, right? Yeah. So, so I can do Instagram after the YouTube and Facebook yes. thing, right? Okay, yep, yep, okay. just upload that video right onto your IGTV and people can watch it from there too. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Well, we're learning, <laughs> yep, that's see, look, we lit. We lit. We lit. Come on. We lit. That's exactly right. <laughs> information. That's all we need to share. It's information. It. Now, Pastor Weston, I end every interview with the same question. Now, it's a little okay. different in your case, but as you know, iron wifey derived from Proverbs 27, 17. The scripture states that as iron sharpens iron, one friend sharpens another. Our motto is, as iron sharpens iron, one woman sharpens another. My question is, my first question uh-oh, How do you, you said, you said, hold on, you said you end with a question. Now here's your first, okay, come yes. on. <laughs> I end with a question, but one of my first questions. Okay. How are you sharpening the women in your life? Um, the women or the woman? The and the reason I ask that is I have a mom, I have a, you know, so I'm trying to see, are you saying my wife? Are you saying my mom, my sister, my daughters, like women or I'm woman? saying the women. Women. Okay. All right. Just want to make yeah. sure I heard you correctly. But let's touch on um, your wife as well. How are you sharpening your wife as well? Well, she's a part of the women. Of um, course. And so I think I th- if I were to think about that, I, I have to say, hopefully with the, the greatest way would be hopefully with my life and lifestyle. Um, and I, and I say that because that speaks so much louder than any words that you can, you could give them, mm-hmm. um, specifically. Um, from a practice spiritual, but let's talk on a practical, natural level. Um, with my wife, um, we just sent her to real estate school. She's a a new Florida real estate agent. Just passed the exam. Yeah, uh, yeah. Come on here, kudos to babe. And so she passed the exam three weeks ago, three or four weeks ago. So she just placed her license with Watson, and is okay. on the brink. Literally, we're going to go and speak it into existence, but she's on the brink of closing her first deal within a month. Which come is- on, Lady Weston. Come on yes. here. Come on here. So salute to her. Uh, my mom, on a practical level, we just put her in the studio last year um, and did a project on her. 
and uh, she has a, a EP that's coming out. And so, come on, mama. Uh, yeah, mom has always been in a group singing with several other women. And uh, the Lord laid it on my heart to do a solo project. She has never done a project or anything on her own. And so wow. uh, we're trying to push her to that next level. My daughter, my oldest girl, just graduated from the University of Central Florida um, with her bachelor's degree on the 2nd of May. Okay. And uh, yeah, we're going to get her out to California. Actually, with Lefty, Harold Lefty Williams, who's on the show tomorrow night, we're going to try to get her plugged. He's very connected in Hollywood. And uh, we're going to try to get her plugged, not from a, from a on-camera because she don't want to do anything on camera. She wants she her degree is in mass communication, behind the scenes kind of stuff, and I think I she gotcha. wants to uh, kind of be a part of that world. So we'll see what the Lord says. And I ain't too fiend, too fond of uh, Hollywood, but at the same time, we'll see what the Lord says concerning that. <laughs> uh, my baby girl gymnastics. I think I just told, mm-hmm. have told you that a little bit earlier before the show. My baby girl's into gymnastics. Uh, she's a brain man. She has this girl is is like she just got up to. I think 40,000 followers on TikTok with her little TikTok group that she has going on. <laughs> she's, mm-hmm. she's 12, she's 13. Oh my gosh. No, no, she's 12. Take that back. I'm trying to make her older than she is. She's 12. Uh, but a little brain violinist, a straight A student always since she's been in school, uh, gymnastics, um, and just, just a, just a brain. And just my my pride and joy. And so we just try to continue to pour into her from a fatherly standpoint. I think that's how, you know, my grandparents and, you know, I mean, there's tons of women in my life. And I just try to be an example to the best of my ability. I try to try to live what I profess in front of them. Because, I mean, it's one thing to say stuff out your mouth, but they know you, you know, they're around you. Mm -hmm. So the last thing I ever want is to have my wife sit in the front row of any congregation while I'm preaching to a congregation and then giving me the side eye because I live something totally different in my home than I preach at the church, you know? And so that's what I think. That's how I think I'm doing it. Hopefully I'm making an impact. Oh, well, it sounds like the women of your life are on track and they're doing amazing things and they have your support. So you're definitely making an impact on this end. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And so usually that is my last question, but since you are our first male, come on. how, How are you sharpening the men in your life? Um, How you doing it? There's a number of ways with the guys. You know, I have a heart uh, for for men because the kingdom it needs men. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk into any church, it's women everywhere. Um, I believe that when God turns the heart of the fathers back into the children, uh, I believe that you're going to see revival. You'll see an uprising like never before. But, but our men are not in place. And, and it's, there's a lot going on with that. There's, I mean, just look at the world today. There's a lot that speaks to why our men, you know, are having it so hard. And, and the enemy has always fought men. You go back in the Bible, you know, whenever a decree was put out or an edict was put out by, you know, a king, a pharaoh, it was always to kill the male children, you know, a certain age and younger. Yep. Uh, just because with the male not being in place, you stifle the entire home and family. And so um, I'm always trying to pour into men within my own congregation. Um, anything that I do in the community, uh, especially when it comes to young men, I did a conference this past year called Boys to Men. 
just trying to reach. I live in Jacksonville. I don't know how it is in California. I'm sure it's pretty bad in California. It's certain parts of California. But in Jacksonville, man, these young men are shooting each other up, you know, all the time. You know, every night you cut on the news, there's something that has happened where one of our young men have taken the life of another. And so um, my heart and desire goes out to them. I'm recently here in Jacksonville, and it ain't official yet, but I've been reached out by the 100 black men to be a part of the chapter. Um, I don't know if I'm going to or not. We'll kind of see. The only reason that I'm, I'm, I'm saying that is because it's a close friend of mine who's the president, and I, I, I want to make sure my heart is in the right place and I'm not just doing it to support him only. Yeah. Um, but he don't even know that I joined, by the way. Not joined, but but signed up for the, the webinar to join. But <laughs> maybe hopefully he don't watch this, by the way. Yeah. Uh, but uh, when it comes to when it comes to men, I'm always trying to, you know, rather it's mentor. You, you saw Anthony. I mentor Anthony still to mm -hmm. this day. Um, just try to give back, man, because when men are in the right place, you're talking about some power. Uh, the whole household. You know, when I was coming up, um, if the if the mom said we were going to church, you may or may not went. But let the dad say we're going to church. Everybody in the house is getting up and going. Yeah. And so that 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 male figure has been missing for so long, man. My heart really goes out to our men. And so just you know, various ways trying to make an impact, you know, on the on the levels that I can. Amen. And that takes us back to Eve and Adam, like the fall happened. When Adam said, "That's exactly right. The eyes will open when Adam." That's exactly right. Yeah, and that, and that when you understand, it's not because God is a respecter of person, but the seed is passed down through the male. Right? Mm -hmm. We we carry this. We have the seed. You guys carry the seed. So if you can if you can cut off the seed, then you cut off the future. That's all it's about. It ain't because God respects anyone over the other one. It's just the mere fact that the seed is carried by the man. So. All right. EC, Pastor Weston, yeah. yes, where can people find you? Everything is E-C Weston, E-C Weston, W-E-S-T-O-N. That's Instagram, that's Facebook, that's YouTube. Um, our church website is World. You won't find me there. I'm there, but you won't find me personally there. Uh, WorldExodus.org, WorldExodus.org. Um, but personally, E C Weston. Y'all connect with me, man. Help me grow my Instagram for those of you yeah. guys who are Instagrammers. Uh, I'd love to connect and um, and then tune into the show. That's gonna be the, the, the cool thing. Tune into the show. I think you guys will be blessed by it. And um, I'm just I'm gonna tell you, Michaela. One thing God has shown me in this season, because I, I mean I'm I'm just I'm super busy more than I've been in a long time is that maybe it's time that my voice be heard. And that's what everybody's saying. Like, man, mm -hmm. where have you been? Like, who are you? Why haven't I heard of you? Did you catch the show from last night? I sent the, you, did, did I send you Fox? Yeah, uh, oh. Fox So. Yes, I did. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, it was good. that was pretty good. And uh, I had never met the brother, Dr. Sean, uh, before. Uh, but even he said, man, I got to get you back on. People need to hear your voice. And I'm hearing that a lot. So obviously God is doing something in this season. And so we're just going to open up our mouth at every opportunity we get. And thank you for giving me an opportunity to do that on your show. Well, thank you for using your mind. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> thank you for using your mind because you have definitely spread or not even spread light, but you have definitely shed light 
on what it means to be about the father's business and how to mind your business and being about the father's business. So I want to thank you for just taking the time with me for, uh, you know, respectfully allowing me to slide into your DMs and get you on the show Um, and just kind of opening yourself up for us. We really appreciate it. Thank you for having me.